Hello, and welcome to this mini-episode of Assassinations Podcast. As we have moved to a monthly schedule for our main episodes, I want to do some of these mini-episodes in between, just to give you all a wee assassination fix. I'm not going to do it every month, but I'll let you know when I'm going to. This episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning journeys within Europe and North America easier than ever. Just enter your travel details and Omeo gives you all the train, bus, flight and ferry options for your journey. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. And who doesn't want that? Omeo is offering a 5% discount on your next booking. Just head on over to omeo.com and use the code OMIO5 at checkout. This offer is valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. Omeo. Plan, book and love the journey. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Assassinations Podcast, where we delve into some of history's most notorious political killings and explore the mysteries and conspiracies that surround them. Time and again, assassins have wielded the blade, the poison vial, the bullet, and the bomb to shape the course of history. I'm your host, Neil Cooper, and in this podcast, I'm going to investigate the lives and deaths of some of history's most colourful characters. On the 30th of November 1989, Alfred Herrhausen was killed when a bomb exploded as his chauffeured car drove along a quiet street in a prosperous German town. The bomb was highly sophisticated, using a photo sensor. The location where the bomb had been planted had been very carefully chosen and prepared. The explosion was perfectly calibrated to kill Herrhausen, sitting in the back of an armoured Mercedes. This assassination appeared to be the work of experts, the sort of professional job one might expect from the rather more superior militaries or intelligence organisations. The victim of the hit, Alfred Herrhausen, was the chairman of Deutsche Bank. In addition, he served as a senior financial advisor to German Chancellor Helmut Kohl. He was also a member of the elite Bilderberg Group of global political and business leaders. Nobody claimed responsibility for the attack. German police and prosecutors blamed a left-wing militant group called the Red Army Faction. 
also pejoratively known as the Bader-Meinhof Gang, the group was founded in the late 1960s by German student radicals. The core cadre in these early days was Andreas Bader, Ulrike Meinhof, Gundren Enslin, and Horst Mahler. They emerged from a generation of youth who were dissatisfied with post-war German life, especially the fact that many important positions in politics and business were occupied by ex-Nazis. These youth wanted Germany's Nazi past to be confronted, whereas many in the older generation wished the ghosts of the country's horrific recent history to be laid to rest. The student radicals were influenced by various socialist and Marxian political currents, especially New Left philosophy, Maoism, and the strategy of the Cuban Revolution of 1959, led by the Castro brothers and Che Guevara. Other students looked to the Soviet Union and the East German Communist government for leadership and support and many of these radicalised young people were influenced and inspired by the struggle of Palestinian resistance movements. Bader, Meinhof, and their cohorts decided that violent action was needed to challenge the West German government, which they categorised as fascist and imperialist. They chose the name Red Army Faction, as they saw themselves as a sort of proto-army of the left, the embryonic form of a future mass movement of the working class and student youth, who would supposedly one day rally under the red banner of communism. That day never came. Instead, the Red Army faction remained a very, very small group of devotees. Despite this, they managed to wage a sustained campaign of bombings, arson, hostage-taking, assassinations, and robberies over the course of three decades. Not that they were the only far-left militant group in Germany. In fact, the so-called revolutionary cells carried out more attacks and killed more people. But it was the Red Army faction that garnered the most attention, earning a rather dubious place in the history and social psychology of post-war Germany. Their activity peaked in the mid-1970s, by which time the Bader-Meinhof gang had claimed the lives of 34 people, including businessmen, politicians, and members of the judiciary as well as several secondary targets, i.e. chauffeurs, bodyguards, and just everyday people who had the misfortune to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. The group suffered many casualties itself, usually in shootouts with the police. Several members of the group seemingly committed suicide while in German police custody, including co-founders Bader, Meinhof and Enslin. As you might expect, there have been claims that they were actually murdered by the authorities. 
The Red Army faction received support from various communist governments and some Palestinian groups. They also enjoyed a certain degree of support within Germany, especially from the generation who passed through the radicalisation of the late 60s. By 1989, the group was much less active than in its heyday of the 70s, but they were still carrying out attacks, as well as robberies to fund their activities. The claim by German prosecutors that the Red Army faction was behind the assassination of Alfred Herrhausen was always a bit flimsy. Firstly, it heavily depended on the testimony of one witness, a man named Siegfried Non, who later retracted his story. Secondly, the level of sophistication of the bomb that killed the German banker indicated that the perpetrators were extremely skilled. Not that the bomb makers of the group were slouches, they had carried out attacks that did show a fair degree of skill. However, the way that Herrhausen was taken out seemed beyond the capabilities of a dwindling band of ageing revolutionaries. Moreover, the support that the Red Army faction had once received from communist governments of Eastern Europe was drying up. East Germany was on its last legs, with its leadership and their Soviet masters preparing for the reunification of Germany on an explicitly capitalist basis. The Cubans didn't seem to want anything to do with this group, however much they admired the Castro government, and the Palestinians had long ago withdrawn their limited cooperation. So, how could the Red Army faction have pulled off an intricately planned and perfectly executed operation? Well, let's just think for a minute about what was involved. Well, the perpetrators hid a fairly large bomb in a bag on a bicycle, which was parked by a road that Herrhausen was chauffeured down every day on his way to work. Knowing that he might be a target for left-wing militants, he always travelled with bodyguards. Without the bomb, the bicycle and the bag had been parked in the same location along Herrhausen's route for several days prior to the hit to ensure that the security team would not find it suspicious. On the fateful morning, the bomb was detonated at the precise moment that Herrhausen's car passed by. This was achieved using a beam of infrared light, which activated a detonator as the car passed the bicycle. The bomb was designed to target the door on the rear passenger side, exactly where Herrhausen was sitting. It was necessary to pierce the armour plating of the Mercedes. This was achieved by the blast ejecting a copper plate, placed between the explosive and the target, turning it into a red-hot projectile that punched through the car door. The result? Herrhausen's legs were blown off, and he bled to death within moments. In 1992, a German television programme interviewed Siegfried Non, the star witness in the official case against the Red Army faction. Non said 
that he had been coached and threatened by officers of the BFV, Germany's Internal Intelligence Agency. With the case against the leftist group in tatters, German police don't have much else to go on. Or so it seems. The case remains open. Thank you for listening to this mini-episode of Assassinations Podcast. It was researched and written by me, Neil Cooper. Lindsay Morse produces and edits the show. Our theme music is by Graham Ronald. We will return in two weeks' time with a new, full-length episode of the show. In it, we're going to look at a truly remarkable confluence of events and an incredible cast of characters. It is a story that will take us from Nazi Germany, through Latin American politics and international drug smuggling, to revolutionary Cuba and some very questionable activities in the United States. This will be the case of Klaus Barbie and Che Guevara. I hope you'll join me for that. Until then, goodbye.